can. Yeah. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. The number for you, if you want to join in the show, is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio here tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Bonnie. Phones are open for you. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, I have Sundays off, and I've been covering the truckers, the Freedom Convoy up in canada as probably the majority of the discussions i've been having here on free talk live over the last two weeks because in my opinion it's the most important uh protest movement in recent years first thing to give me a feeling of hope yeah well since march long time (laughs) that's a good point well march March 2020 uh last year i think yeah the other one the the time when we got raided by oh, yeah. the federal government that March. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're not quite to a year on uh, that anniversary, but we're uh, at 11 Before months. Before that, I, the church was doing a very successful fundraiser, and so I was I, that gave me some hope. Yes, and then they took all of the fundraiser. <laughs> and, what was the fundraiser? The hope. Yeah. Uh, his church was doing a fundraiser. Uh, yeah. oh. So uh, the Church of the Invisible Hand. Anyway, so uh, just I think this is a really interesting situation. It continues on. This past weekend, Bonnie and I were watching some more footage uh, of what happened on Saturday in Ottawa, where for listeners, you know, if you've been living under a rock, you may not be aware that for the last two plus weeks there have been protesters that have numbered in the many thousands, maybe over 100,000 have come through there in the last couple of weeks. I don't think they've all been there at once, but it seems like there have been tens of thousands there all at once. Uh, I think there have definitely been tens of thousands there. Based on the footage that that uh, we've seen, and this past weekend, it, it appeared to kick up again. Again, a lot of people coming off of work for the, the week. They've got mm-hmm. some time to head to Ottawa, and uh, there was a large crowd that was in the streets in front of the Parliament building. Of course, the drivers have been parked out there now for more than two weeks. Uh, this was their third straight weekend parked out in front of and along the, the, the you know, basically the blocks in front of Parliament there in Ottawa. Which is the capital of Canada? There's been a lot of uh, you know police activity around the outskirts. They've been targeting people over the last week that are again not in the center of the protest. The police have been leaving that alone, but they have been going after like encampments that have been on sort of the outskirts. Predators like to go for the uh, for the, the stragglers, uh, stragglers of the herd. Yep, exactly. Uh, and so that's what we're seeing happen in this particular case. That is what has happened over the last week. They've begun stealing their firewood. They've begun stealing their gasoline. They've been uh, taking... Now, has the gasoline theft been been uh, stopped? Because the last I heard... Well, of course, it's diesel, not gasoline, because these are 18-wheelers. Sure. But uh, the last I heard, uh, they there was a court order on the police to return the fuel Hmm. and they were returning it watered i don't know about that according to the associated press and again we're talking about the mainstream media here they say that police have not been ordered to return fuel to the ottawa protesters Uh, the claim that uh, police are returning the fuel they seized in response to an order from the judge is this just something you heard on social media or did you see the actual Um, order 
I, I did not see the order. It's something that uh, it doesn't make one sense. One of the commentators, like when when uh, have the police it. ever returned things they've stolen without a tremendous amount of court action and lawyers being brought in? Yeah, well, they gave me my machete back, True. but that did require uh, court action and and a, lot and, of waiting. Lawyer. and a lot of waiting. What was that? A year plus later on that you got the machete back. Yeah, it was pretty quick yeah. after uh, the acquittal, but, but that was a year they later. strung out the acquittal yeah. for a year. Uh, so the AP says there is no court order requiring police to give back seized fuel, according to a spokesbureaucrat for the Ontario Ministry of the Attorney General. The uh, Ottawa Police Service also say they are not returning fuel to protesters. Claims had circulated widely on social media this week that a judge ordered police in Ottawa to return fuel uh, previously seized. The claims are false, and no such court order exists. I, they already said that here. So and then okay. they just go and they get some some quotes from the cops. The police are saying they are now seizing vehicles uh, along with fuel, so they're escalating. Instead of giving mm-hmm. back, they're now taking even more people's value from them, taking more of their property mm-hmm. from them. Are they seizing vehicles in Ottawa or only in Windsor? Uh, This is the Ottawa police. In the case of the Windsor Bridge, we discussed that on Saturday night. The last we saw from the Windsor Bridge was the reports were the truckers that had been on the bridge had been persuaded Mm. to leave. And so none of the truckers were actually arrested in the case of the Windsor Bridge. Did you guys see that uh, Justin Trudeau tweeted that everybody needs to leave the Windsor Bridge, and he said, especially if you have children with you? When Mm. was this? Um, A couple days ago. I I didn't see that tweet, but yes, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that he is threatening people. I mean, ultimately, that is what had happened at the Windsor Bridge. So after they cleared the bridge of the drivers, the people that were sitting there for the last uh, five days... They cleared that bridge, but there were then a large crowd of protesters, freedom activists that had come out. Uh, many of them had you know, linked arms and hands and were standing there. There was a number of uh, military veterans, Canadian military veterans that had come out and mm-hmm. had taken the side of the protesters. And so there was this kind of this really, you know, interesting video of this standoff, what looked like, you know, because you had a line of cops and then you had a line of uh, protesters. Of course, the cops have all their toys out. They got the snipers on the roof nearby. Uh, Mm. They had the Bearcat, at least one of them that I saw in the footage. And ultimately, they did end up making arrests on the Windsor Bridge. So they didn't arrest, from what I understand, they didn't arrest the truck drivers they got them to yeah, leave. Yeah, the truck drivers pulled out. That right. I remember. Uh, according to CBS News, police have moved in and cleared the remaining protesters. This story came out earlier, I guess it was yesterday, yesterday afternoon, uh, near the busiest Canadian border crossing Sunday, ending the demonstration against COVID-19 restrictions that has hurt the economy of both nations, they claim. Of course, the economy was already damaged by the government's actions. Yeah, two year, two years of uh, of shutdowns and nonsense. They they uh, they imply was much less harmful than a couple of days of protests, and not just nonsense, but some of the worst restrictions in the on the planet were in the Quebec province. Bonnie and I were reading an article about that over at VigilantCitizen.com, where. They had not only did they have a curfew, and I, they may still. Well, no, sure. they no? Impl- or, uh, implemented it back in, um, I think, like 
New Year's Eve mm-hmm. or New Year's Day, and then it ended. Oh, it did. But okay. mm-hmm. it was it was like a month long thing. Yeah, and they announced it the day before New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where uh, Viva Frey yeah okay. lives, and uh, he was irate. Oh wow! And you know, of course, there were all these restaurants had stocked up on food for right. their n- huge New Year's Eve feasts, and they weren't even allowed to open. The Crazy. only place with a curfew in the world at that time. Yeah, and so they had the curfew. They also are a province in which not only is a vaccine passport required to go out and do pretty much anything, but they made it even more restrictive than the rest of the Canadian provinces, which all had vaccine passports. Some of them are now removing those passports, and we'll talk about that coming up here in a moment uh, because it's pretty clearly happening because of the truckers. But uh, in, in Quebec... They actually were restricting people without the vaccine passport. They could not go at all to go shopping at big box uh, grocery stores or department stores. So Walmart had, I don't know if you saw the images of this, nobody, but they had these metal stalls, and I think they still do, metal stalls surrounded by like plexiglass at the front of the store, and customers would have to wait in the stall for a staff member to come over to scan their QR code from their passport and then allow them into the store, apparently. Very, very crazy. Like like, cattle. Just like cattle. Cattle shoots. Really scary-looking stuff. Uh, So, And that's just scratching the surface on what they were doing in uh, Quebec province. But we'll get back into the story here about what happened uh, with the arrests at the U.S.-Canadian border in Windsor, right across from Detroit, on the bridge there, the biggest bridge as far as moving product across the border into Canada. The number is 603-283-6160. And then why is Ottawa, or sorry, the uh, Ontario province removing their vaccine passport? We'll find out. It's Free Talk Live. is free talk live you're invited if you want to join the show you can number 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 and we got ian nobody and bonnie in the studio with you tonight and free talk live is brought to you by bitcoin.com the best source for learning about cryptocurrency like bitcoin and bitcoin cash you can head over to bitcoin.com click get started at the top of the page and then you will get some introductory videos there and you can dig in of course as deep as you want into the topic of cryptocurrency but this is a good place to get started over at bitcoin.com click get started at the top of the page if you're not brand new though to cryptocurrency and you want to get the latest news headlines they've got those two updated every single day over at news.bitcoin.com that's news.bitcoin.com as we continue here we're talking about the latest uh, what what happened how did this windsor bridge occupation come to an end this weekend i saw some of the videos some of the images that were coming out of the the what they call the ambassador bridge on saturday that's when they started to move in the armed thugs uh in large numbers and they had what they did was the night before on the bridge because you know, protesters have been there for five days straight so they came in there, uh, the police came in with flyers, and they handed out flyers that said, 
Effective at midnight tonight, if you are on this bridge, you are subject to being arrested and potentially fined up to $100,000 with up to a year in jail. This was under the emergency, so-called state of emergency that uh, the Ontario province had put into effect just the moments prior. And so it was that following day that they, again, brought in dozens of shock troops. They brought in the armored personnel carrier. They brought in the SWAT, uh, the SWAT team with snipers apparently posted nearby on top of the, the uh, what was it, the customs building was, was what one report said. That's scary. Yep. Uh, all to deal with some people just, you know, hanging out on a bridge. So they then threatened the drivers that were on the bridge. And because there were only so many of them... They were easily able to get them to decide to leave uh, mm-hmm. without getting arrested. But they were backed up by a large number of people on the ground. Just people, just regular folks, just came together, including a bunch of Canadian military veterans, stood up, made a line to line up right against the line of the cops. And uh, according to CBS News, the police have now arrested all remaining protesters near the Canadian border crossing uh, again, the Windsor Bridge, their local and national police had formed a, gem- a joint command center in Ottawa where protests have paralyzed downtown, they claim, which is pretty ridiculous. I mean, if I were a business owner in downtown Ottawa, I would be celebrating. This would be the biggest mm. you know, money-making occasion in years to have thousands of people in the streets. Mm. You know, they're hungry. They want coffee, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You could service them. It seems like the government has persuaded a lot of the businesses to shut down mm-hmm. instead of taking advantage of the obvious opportunity at their doorsteps. Right. Somebody decided they were going to throw in a three-week-long festival in the streets. Well, yeah. I, any idiot could make money in that. You yeah. Know? Well, now, to be fair, there apparently are people that are giving food away because there was a lot of money that was raised and a lot of generous people mm-hmm. have come down and and, you know, they're they're cooking, I guess. I don't know if it's around the clock or, you know, how often it's happening, mm-hmm. but there are actual like cooking stations out there. But that doesn't mean you can't compete if you've got a nice, yeah, fancy restaurant nearby. Some people will want to go inside. Yeah. Want to go inside, want to have Get a warm. nice meal. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they have vaccine mandates for the restaurants there. They do. They do. Ah. Are, are they dropping those? Well, we'll get into the, what they're going to do here in uh, in just a moment. But you bring up a good point, nobody, and that is that there was an interview that we read with one uh, restaurateur who he's probably one of these obedient types, right? So he's trying to get the the truckers to show him a vaccine passport. It's like, dude, just just, just give him some alone. food. Yeah, just leave them alone. Let them eat. They're coming, trying to come into your restaurant. Why don't you just serve them? Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, they uh, so again, they've, they've got a lot of uh, police down there. And uh, let me give you the update here. So Windsor police said about 12 people were, and they used the term, peacefully arrested. Wow. Now, <laughs> they won't we call had the, some peaceful kidnappings yeah. going on. They won't call the protesters peaceful. They're just trying to steal the other side's words. What do you mean by that? They won't call the protesters peaceful when the pe- protesters are peaceful. Well, I mean, they say that they were peacefully But they call arrested. their violence against them peaceful. That's the point I wanted to make on this was there is no such thing as a peaceful arrest. Yeah. There's an arrest where the person who's being kidnapped does not turn Get violent. Get maimed. Her. Well, they could still maim you. 
Uh, I mean, they, you never know what kind of cop you're going to be dealing with. You could be dealing with a complete psychopath who is just looking for any excuse to smash somebody's head up against a curb. So you never know what's going to happen when you get into the clutches of these lunatics. Mm-hmm. But given that there's probably somebody with a video camera around, the police will likely be on their best behavior but they're still kidnapping you like there's no Mm. such thing as a peaceful arrest because every single arrest of an activist who has never harmed another human being is violently destroying their freedom to move somewhere they want to go to they are having they're having their freedom stripped from them just like any kidnapping and arrest is an act of violence in and of itself correct yeah it doesn't matter if the the guy who rolls up in the van uh punches you in the gut or just sticks a gun in you know in your well, face it matters to me well, I see what you're saying, but they're both violent <laughs> they're, they're they're both violent they're both the, one is a threat of violence the right. other is actual violence yes, and either way you're still taking somebody's freedom from them yeah so a dozen I just people don't like getting a hit in the gut indeed a dozen and, but my point of them stealing the other side's words is they saw how it works for the protesters to use the word peaceful because they are being peaceful. They're like, oh, people are sympathizing. More and more people are sympathizing with the protesters because they're just doing peaceful protests and we're looking like the bad guys. So now they're stealing those words. You're saying the police are stealing the word peaceful? peaceful? Yeah. yeah. To describe their own actions? Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, so they arrested a dozen people and towed seven vehicles just after dawn near the Ambassador Bridge. And uh, according to the story here, only a few protesters had remained on Saturday after police had persuaded, quote unquote, <laughs> coerced. <laughs> Correct. It's coercion. When when you're under the threat of violent act, that is a coercive means. But this is mainstream media for you, right? This is how yeah. they report on things. Uh, to move their pickup trucks and other cars so that they are, that they use to block the crossing that sees 25% of all trade between the two countries. In Ottawa, the ranks of protesters swelled to what police said were 4,000 demonstrators on Saturday. There's no way that the video that we were watching was only 4,000 people. Hmm. What, you had pulled up some video, Bonnie, with... Uh, look oh, like a drone in Ottawa in mm-hmm. front of the Parliament Hill. Yeah, that yeah. was way more than four thousand. Yeah, I mean, I'm not good at estimating crowds, but four thousand is definitely on the small side of what this was. I'm going to say it was at least ten thousand, maybe tens of of thousands. It was crazy uh, that were there. Mm-hmm. There was a crane, like right in the middle of a, a huge crowd of people. I think that crane's just sitting there. Yeah, with the, I think the Canadian flag on it. Mm. The city uh, has seen similar expansions on past weekends as loud music played as people milled about downtown where the what they describe as anti-vaccine demonstrators. Now, they're probably not all anti-vaccine. Yeah, they're some probably, of them have stated, oh, I'm vaccinated and I think it's a good idea to get vaccinated. They would be pro-choice. Yes. yes. Pro-choice demonstrators. My body, my choice. Indeed. You want to weigh in on this, you can join us at number 603-283-6160. And we'll uh, dig deeper coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Talk live. Phones are open. You can join us here. Oh, and happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy 
Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, happy day. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Unfortunately, some people got themselves arrested uh, on the Windsor Bridge, as we're discussing, or the Ambassador Bridge, as it is called, between Windsor, Ontario, and Detroit, Michigan. Uh, That happened on Saturday. We were covering it on Saturday, but the arrest hadn't started by the time we had finished the show. So at least we hadn't heard about them at that point. So just kind of bringing you up to speed right now on the latest from Ottawa or the Ontario province where the bulk of the protests have been going on over various different uh, vaccine mandates and other restrictions placed upon the people of Canada. Of course, uh, similar protests, similar freedom convoys are going on elsewhere around the planet. I heard a rumor that there was supposed to be one this weekend starting in California near the Super Bowl, and we had Reed Coverdale on the show, who's a uh, free stater, he's a liberty activist and a professional driver. He came on with us on Saturday night to tell us that he put his ear to the ground and was you know, talking to other drivers in the U.S. that he knows, going to the various different places where people you know, in the business have those discussions, and he didn't see anything mm. about a U.S. version mm. of the Freedom Convoy. So is it happening? We don't know. It could be that it's going to just sort of come together like it did up in Canada. I mean, there, mm-hmm. it, I'm sure in the early days, people weren't sure if it was real. And then once people started seeing a long line of trucks on the highway going from you know west to east... Then it started to become real, and then people started joining in. So maybe we will see sort of a grassroots, you know, decentralized start mm-hmm. to this thing. Uh, I did hear the radio news that we use here at uh, Free Talk Live during the top of the hour. I heard something on their broadcast over the weekend that there was something at, uh, you know, some sort Brussels? of truck. Uh, no, in the U.S., some sort of trucker protest was happening outside of the Super Bowl. So hmm. I don't know if that was just a one-time uh, event or if they actually are going to head east and end up at uh, Washington, D.C. by, you know, Saturday. Yeah, it's hard to say because, you know, we don't have that many restrictions at this point that I know of. Or You mean what- federally? Uh, yeah, well, I don't think we have any. Do we have anything going on uh, federally? The vaccine airlines. mandates collapsed. Okay, airlines. Yeah, they're mandating that the airlines do the masks. Mm. Okay. And um, and uh, the federal gang is mandating that professional drivers have to be vaccinated to cross the border. So there's that too. Yeah, I got oh, okay. invited into a telegram group that's organizing people in New Hampshire for a truck convoy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how real it is or if it's going to happen or anything like that. But I asked in the group, I said, would the truckers be going to the Canadian border? Because that might be kind of cool, like to pull. To show some solidarity. Yeah, to, to support the Canadian truckers. And also just because um, there's the vaccine mandate for crossing the border. Like that seems like right. the best use of New Hampshire people. But it was kind of ignored. I, I don't know if it's hmm. just a kind of seems like a conservative movement like they're just going to drive around with american flags and it's just a feel good thing to do possibly i mean i don't know for sure that they don't seem to be really organized yeah Mm. i think you you guys make a good point here is there's not as much to push back against i mean so when Mm. tyranny is is on the rise then people get incentivized they get more active that's why we did see by the way in in 2021 uh the most people in one year 
migrated here for the Free State Project than have migrated mm-hmm. in any other previous year. So because of the COVID restrictions that were coming up all across the United States in 2020, a bunch of people finally got their butts in gear and said, all right, this is real. This is serious. Uh, I need to go somewhere where I'm going to have some backup. I need to go somewhere where there's an actual community of freedom-loving people, and they did. They actually mm-hmm. did. And I think we're going to see – I think it's very well possible that 2022 is going to surpass 2021 as far as the number of people mm-hmm. migrating here. Porkfest uh, sold out faster, didn't it, than 2021? I think so. Yeah, I think this year's Porcupine Freedom Festival is approaching sellout. It's not there yet. It was uh, We had Dennis Pratt call in this weekend, and he said it's at 82% sold out. Mm. Wow. So if you're thinking about going to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you should get your tickets like before the end of this month, I would recommend. Because like, mm. if you push it to the end of this month, you're probably risking a sellout. Uh, I mean, it and you can't surprise camp me. there already? or Yeah, the campsites are completely out. You'd have to stay off site. You could... Now, what you could do, Bonnie, is you could contact the people who already have campsites and say, hey, can you fit me in? Mm-hmm. And then, because usually these campsites are, are supposedly only for like two tents officially, but usually the campground just looks the other way because... Yeah, but if it's completely sold out, wouldn't that be like causing the bathrooms to block up? And oh, it's like going <laughs> to... The bathrooms will block up. That's... <laughs> That's a given. They mm-hmm. they are the over la- the recent years they have brought in extra bathrooms like the ones that come in on the back of a truck. Mm-hmm. The porta potties, yeah, mm-hmm. nah, por- not not porta potties per mm-hmm. se, but like with showers, like wow. nicer. I've never seen. Uh, sh- I have not personally gone into them, but I suspect they're actually nicer than the, like the camp showers that are there. That's my guess because mm-hmm. I remember there was like um, in here in New uh, Keene, New Hampshire, they had the county fair. They would bring in this air-conditioned mobile bathroom now it didn't have a shower in it but it had a few stalls and there was a men's and a ladies one and you know if it's august in new hampshire it's hot and to be able to actually go in yeah you could go into porta potty or you could go in this air-conditioned bathroom which was so much nicer than anything you would ever expect to see at a, at a campground so I'm, I'm guessing it's on the higher level of, of quality but again i haven't haven't used it um, so, yeah, they bring in uh, those things there. So d- definitely check out the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I realize that got us away from what we were talking about here, which is the latest from Ontario. Are we planning on broadcasting from there? That's the plan. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully I will be able to attend in some sort of meaningful sense uh, this time around. But in order to be able to actually stay a night there, I'm going to have to be off curfew by that time. Mm. So I don't know. I'm, we're going to try for it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I know that my probation officer has told me he does want me to be off of the ankle monitor. Just, you know, I've been a good boy, mm-hmm. so do I really need this thing? You are a good mm-hmm. boy. Yeah. <laughs> Your ankles are well behaved. Yes, apparently. <laughs> uh, so back to the stories here. I've got a bunch of news out of Ontario. What's been going on? Uh, the other big news is that they're invoking something called the Emergencies Act for the very first time ever. And this is not... I don't like the sound of that. Not good news from the CBC. That is the Government Broadcasting Corporation in Canada. So this is the uh, official government propaganda version of this story. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says he's invoking the Emergencies Act for the first time in Canada's history. To give the federal government gang temporary powers to handle ongoing blockades and protests against pandemic restrictions. 
He told a news conference Monday afternoon, quote, it is now clear there are serious challenges to law enforcement's ability to effectively enforce the law. And that is an endorsement. Right? Like if, if you've mm-hmm. got you've got the basically the president, in this case, the prime minister of the country saying our cops can't handle this. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a bunch of, uh, you know, peaceful people with bouncy houses, dance parties, uh, cookouts, campfires. And we oh, can't the handle horror. it. Yeah. <laughs> we can't handle it. We need more power, he says. He didn't use those words, but that's what he's saying. Uh, He says, quote, it's no longer a lawful protest at a disagreement over government policy. It is now an illegal occupation. It's time for people to go home. They live in Canada. Correct. (laughs) An illegal occupation. Trudeau says the measures will be geographically targeted and, quote, reasonable and proportionate to the threats that they are meant to address. Wow. What? How are they being threatened? Yeah. Yeah. What threats? Bouncy houses. Yeah. They can't go... Do their job in the parliament with all the honking as the threat? Actually, they stopped the honking, is my understanding. There mm-hmm. was a judge's order, a threat that came mm-hmm. out that largely did stop uh, the bulk of the honking, as I understand it. And in other news, which you might get to, the truckers apparently have come to some sort of an agreement with the mayor of Ottawa. We'll talk about what that involves mm. on the way here. Some interesting developments. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. But more about the so-called Emergencies Act what exactly is going to happen here? Are we talking about martial law? Because that's what people are calling this. Uh, is, that what's, is that what's coming? It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones are open. If you want to join us, you can do that. Uh, The number here is 603-283-6160. Your thoughts are welcome. We're talking about the continuing protests, uh, the Freedom Convoy that has uh, been going on now. It's entering into its third week in Ottawa, Canada, which is the capital city of the entire country. And it's in the Ontario province there. And we're just kind of giving you uh, updates on what's been going on. Because once you outnumber the state, once you your protesters outnumber the potential response from armed thugs, meaning the police, Mm -hmm. then you have the upper hand. And everything changes as far as how the situation is going to play out. Because if you don't have the numbers, they're just going to come in and they're going to crush you. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be over within hours. But these guys and la- these ladies, these families uh, that have been there for weeks now mm-hmm. are relatively unmolested in the center of Ottawa there by the parliament building because they have what it takes. They have the, the willingness to be there in the first place because it is risky. Mm-hmm. You know, you show up and you block the streets, basically. Now, to be fair, they're not blocking the whole streets. They're blocking like three out of four lanes of, of traffic. So there's still room for an ambulance or a fire truck or something to, to come in there if there's some sort of an emergency where they're needed. Or uh, even a scurvy bureaucrat. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the police are around, 
You know, so I've seen some stealing footage. gas cans. They, they, well, they've escalated recently. They have started to harass people uh, that are especially on the outskirts, but also anybody carrying gas cans in the city. Um, so the protesters, as a result of that, started carrying around empty gas cans and gas cans full of water, <laughs> which is a brilliant uh, counter response. Mm-hmm. So, the, but the fact is, they've got enough people. They've got enough protesters down there. They've got enough people willing to take the risk of potential arrest, potential ticketing, and potential targeting later on. Because even if they don't arrest you right now, they you can better believe they're cop- copying down license plate numbers and mm-hmm. they're doing the research to find out whose cars are there, and then they're going to come after those people after they finally go home and then they can go to their home where they're not surrounded by their friends and their you know co uh supporters and then quietly arrest them yeah which is one of the reasons really the protesters are in a position where they can't leave until they have negotiated with the government because one of the things they need to do before they go any place and while they have the power is negotiate amnesty for uh, the fact that they were there you mean exactly mm. exactly that's i mean that's how uh every king in in history uh when there have been rebellions one of the things that they've had to do is offer amnesty to the rebels in to order to, to end home. it. Because once you're in open rebellion against the king, you've got nothing left to lose. It'd be better if they just got fined once they went home, say they, they go home and then they get a letter in the mail saying they're being fined for being there. It'd be better if they got fined and then just refused to pay the fine, but I'm sure you couldn't get all of them to do that. I mean, the problem is they um the fine would probably be attached to their driver's license mm. and if these are professional drivers mm-hmm. they can't let anything happen to their driver's license mm. and um, they have talked about as a potential punishment suspending people's driving privileges so called yeah so uh, at, at which point if if they do that then i think we should probably buy a mailing list from the canadian truckers association and send out a big free state project mailing <laughs> that's a great <laughs> to idea to say hey you can drive a truck down here come on down well if it's even legal for them to get here right I that's know it's really hard. part of the problem yeah now there's a vaccine mandate for professionals coming across the border mm-hmm. into the united states and to uh, emigrate at all is just really hard. Yeah, immigration is no easy thing. Is it hard from Canada? It's probably still not easy. I mean, it's yeah. it, the immigration it's, process in the U.S. is a pain in the ass. I know somebody who's a dual citizen, American and Canadian, and they just got married to a Canadian, but they want to move to uh, the U.S., mm-hmm. and it's still going to be like a two-year process, wow. even though he's like a citizen. And what's it cost? Uh, I don't know. Probably thousands. Hmm. Well, if you're a lady trucker up there in Canada and you're listening, I'm single. (laughs) (laughs) But you got to be a tough lady trucker. You can't be a lady trucker without being tough, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's a it's a rough uh, rough job in a lot of ways, especially in Canada where it's cold a lot of the time. Uh, The unprecedented deployment of the Emergencies Act. So they're saying this is the first time ever the so-called Emergencies Act has been. Uh, enacted, and it gives the police more quote-unquote tools 
to restore order in places where public assemblies constitute illegal and dangerous activities. Again, they're suggesting here that there are so-called threats. Trudeau said in his statement that the threats are present and the police need to respond to threats. Well, there have been a lot of threats, all of them issued by Trudeau and his gang members. There have also been some people who have threatened the protesters from the other political side that, uh, you know, they, mm. they just hate these people. They, on one hand, act like they care about the working class, but then mm. when the working class shows up in large numbers and actually does go on strike... Oh, well, then all of a sudden it's a problem. The people are revolting. You don't look so good yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Trudeau said he will also enable the RCMP, that's uh, the Royal Canadian Canadian Mounted Police, to enforce municipal bylaws and provincial offenses where required. So he's basically going to allow their equivalent of the FBI to enforce local rules in Ottawa. I went to Justin Trudeau's Twitter to see if he has said anything new Mm. about it. And he said his first tweet from a minute ago, he just says that they're going to be uh, enacting the Emergencies Act. And then he says, to be clear, this is about keeping Canadians safe and protecting people's jobs. We cannot and will not allow illegal and dangerous activities to continue. Wow. The danger here appears to only be to their legitimacy. And they seem to be mostly protecting their ability to take away people's jobs, not the ability of people to do their job. I didn't read word for word what he said there, but his reasoning for enacting the uh, Emergencies Act is that the police are unable to enforce law right now. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, they could. They could go down there and start Mm -hmm. making arrests. And odds are good they would not be tackled by these people because they do seem mm-hmm. to be fairly peaceful. Uh, this movement does appear to be committed. And they're in Canada, so they're probably not well armed. That's mm. probably true as well. Sadly, and they're very, very nice people. Uh, they're in Canada, but uh, you know, I don't think that they would have that problem. But they're still mm. like they're still afraid to do so because of the numbers. So even though they may not be well armed, they they are well numbered, and yes. uh, and that does make a difference. And somebody in the chat room did reference that as well, saying and, that you and the traditional purpose of civil disobedience i mean gandhi's civil disobedience martin luther king's civil disobedience was really designed to force their opponents to overreact so that they could then capitalize on that overreaction correct because the british did not like to see the footage of the people uh, yeah. of yeah. the people just being clubbed silly by the british british army mm-hmm. up against unarmed people beating them with clubs right um so they just wanted to get some salt yeah <laughs> yeah and they and they were assaulted yeah <laughs> wow Yeah, Uh, you're absolutely right, though. I mean, that is the point of civil disobedience is to put the state into a position in which it has bad choices on both ends, meaning that on one hand, either exposes itself or it acquiesces. Yeah, it either shows itself for the violence that is inherent in the system. makes that Come and see the violence inherent in the system. Yeah. Help, help, I'm being oppressed. It makes it crystal clear <laughs> that there's violence and that they're willing to use that violence. In this case, it would be against people in a bouncy house you know, or people yeah. with their families in the streets or whatever, that, that they would be willing to use violence in that case. Or 
it shows that they are not willing to enforce the so-called law. So right. they're either impotent or they're crazy violent. It's, mm. it's one or the other. You put them in that position. Maybe both. <laughs> <laughs> you put them in that position with the act of uh, civil disobedience. So kudos to these people who are you know ballsy and in the streets and they're just having a good old time. They're throwing you know parties and they're cooking mm. out and they're they're networking and meeting new people and and it looks like it's a blast. And I wish we could be there. Also kudos to them for. I mean, not going and getting violent or letting people change the protest to be something about something it's not. Like, they just yeah. got rid of all the racists and stuff like that. Because that was another thing Gandhi was serious about was he didn't even like cussing. Gandhi was a racist. Oh, well, he didn't even like cussing. He didn't He didn't want people to make his, his protests look like they're the bad guys. That's true. There's more coming up here in moments. Hour 2 is next. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. And it's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. Bring up whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian Nobody and Bonnie in the studio with you tonight. And we've been, again, as... I think as deeply as we can for being outside of Ottawa, being here in New Hampshire, where we're doing this show, uh, to cover as much as we can of what's happening with the Freedom Convoy there. We've been as uh, as deep into this as I think we could be in the last couple of weeks as the uh, protest there is entering into its third week here. Uh, don't want to you know, keep recapping every single time we, we talk uh, talk about it, but there is a lot to say on this issue where some number, a large number of people have parked their trucks and other vehicles in downtown Ottawa, Canada, in protest of the various different vaccine mandates and other COVID-related restrictions that have been in place across uh, Canada in the last couple of years. So they want to see things get rolled back, and it looks like some things are being rolled back, or at least that's what the premiers say in some of the different provinces in Canada. And we can talk about what's happening, uh, what is supposedly going to be happening there in Ontario in just a, a moment. But the latest news we've been discussing is the fact that Justin Trudeau, as the prime minister of Canada, has invoked what is called the Emergencies Act. And this is basically some sort of a... People are saying it's going to be martial law. It's not clear whether or not the military is going to be called up at this point, but it's certainly... I think they're definitely being called up. It's just unclear if they're going to respond. Well, it certainly could involve the military, and we will see how this uh, this pans out. Of course, he's saying, he is claiming 
that there are uh, threats that need to be addressed, it's suggesting that the protesters are, quote, dangerous. Yeah, well, he more than suggested it. He said we cannot allow dangerous activities to continue, saying, right. I mean, implying that they're happening. A threat to his authority. That's what this Respect is. Respect my authority. This is a threat to the state. It's a threat to the legitimacy. So it's not a violent threat. It's mm-hmm. a threat to the status quo and what people think about mm-hmm. the uh, the impotency or the willingness of the state to you know do its you know, evil. When he people. said we're going to be protecting people's jobs, I don't know who he would be talking about if not the government's jobs. Great point. Yeah, I'd be curious. I'd I'd like to look up what he tweeted during the uh, Black Lives Matter uh, protest down here. And compare and contrast to yeah. how he's being now. Uh, did they have? They must have. Did they have BLM in uh, Canada? I would think um, in the cities they, they did. They didn't have um, the and and f- to be fair, mm-hmm. the Black Lives Matter protests were mostly um, peaceful. In that, you know, most of them stayed peaceful. Sure, but the ones that that did get violent got. I mean, violent to the point where people were killed yep. and and buildings were burned. Um, and so I'd really like to like to see if he if he had any words on that. Great question. If you happen to know, give us a call. In the meantime, we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. We'll talk more about the state of emergency uh, in Ontario and this new Emergency Powers Act that they're putting into play for apparently the very first time. But we actually have a caller from Canada. Jody is on the line listening in Calgary. Go ahead, Jody. Uh, well, it's not the Emergency Measures Act. It's the War Measures Act. They just gave it a, a nice, um, a calmer name. Oh. Wow. Um, his, his daddy, when his daddy was prime minister, he invoked the War Measures Act when Quebec separatists kidnapped the politician. The FLQ kidnapped the politician. And Pierre Trudeau enacted the War Measures Act and got the military out to, to hunt down the kidnappers and, and deal with them. So, so do you believe that the military is going to be deployed in this matter? Today? No, 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 no. They they have so we have the RCMP and they have sort of a, a military arm called uh, JTF Joint Task Force Two, mm. and they're they're down in mm. Alberta. They're down at the southern border at, at Coots, um, dealing with that right now. What's going on um, in the uh, southern border in Alberta? I have not heard a lot about this. Is this the one with the, all the uh, like the horseback riders that are out in protest? Yeah. Yeah, we have we have a major border crossing called Coots, and although it doesn't do as much um, trade as the Ambassador Bridge between Ontario and Michigan, it's it's pretty close. Lots of oil, lots of cattle, et cetera, move through there. And then farmers and, and locals had had put up a blockade, really, um, and they're still down there. Um, I and there there's just people, more and more people going down there every day. Um, and and with, with Trudeau doing what he did today, it's just going to get worse. I just downloaded a Provinces of Canada uh, quiz game on my phone so I can bone up on these things. <laughs> but could do you happen to know what state that border crossing goes to in the, uh, on our side? Montana. Montana. Okay, that's the Montana crossing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we, we have three major, well, we had three major blockades. We had the one on the Ambassador Bridge between Ontario and Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's now been... Um, Broken up, but apparently people are going to go back and and reblockade that. Really, there's one in Alberta down at Coots between Alberta and Montana, and then in Manitoba there's one in Emerson, Manitoba between Manitoba and North Dakota. 
What do you think the chances are of, uh, I think they call it a vote of no confidence in a parliamentary system that would remove Trudeau from office? That can happen at any time, right? It can, but they need, in Canada, the majority is the Liberals, the official opposition is the NDP, and the NDP are pretty close with the Liberals. So if they, if those two parties, if everybody who's all the MPs with those two parties stick together, then that won't happen. However, if the Governor General of Canada gets, I think it's 99,000 people writing into her saying, we want him removed, then they have to remove him. Hmm. Um, so that's something else that's going on right now. Is the MVP the same as the Conservative Party with the blonde lady? Uh, no, no. NDP is the National Democratic Party. They're they're far left. Um, they're pretty much socialist. Oh, okay. Now you're about three so hours uh, from the border there. In uh, you're calling us from Calgary, which is sort of like that. Is that the capital there in Alberta? Uh, no, it's the biggest city of our capital, Edmonton. Edmonton, okay. And so you're... The Queen City, they call that. You are about three hours away from the border. Have you been down to Coots to actually see it for yourself? Yeah, we, we went and we didn't go down the Coots. Uh, we went down the Milk River because you can't get down the Coots because a couple miles south of Milk River, the police have a blockade set up. Wow. Um, they blockaded the, last... the whole town? Yeah, you, you can drive through the town, but then you can't drive about three miles south of it because they have a blockade because they didn't want any more people driving down to Coots. Mm. But what the farmers down there are doing is they're they're finding people and they're letting people drive through their fields so that they can get to Coots and get to the blockade. That's awesome. Uh, mm. Yeah. And and we we we, we took uh, we took some food down. Um, but the past two weekends in Milk River it's normally a town with around six hundred people. And the past two weekends there's been around fifteen to twenty thousand people there. Wow. Good Lord. Okay, so yeah, I, we've not heard much about what's been going on in Coots. So is the same thing happening there where there's actual truckers that are parked, uh, you know, blocking the uh, the entrance into Canada? Or can you kind of describe the, the scene? Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a four-lane divided highway, and they, they usually have one lane open to traffic because that's sort of the agreement that the protesters made with, with the, the government officials. Um, but they blockade it sometimes. Um, but there, there, there's truckers, but there's also farmers who have combines and other equipment down there. And good luck uh, towing some of that stuff. Some of that stuff is pretty big. Um, but it, it's, it's growing. It's growing. And when they had the horse riders, there's roughly 200 people on horseback. Um, but the more, the more Trudeau pushes back, the more things are going to be, things are going to ramp up. And in Alberta, we tend to be, uh, at least in the southern part of the province, libertarian, because when the United States let farmers enclose their land and put up fences, a lot of the free grazers in the states moved up here to southern Alberta. So mm. there's, there's sort of a libertarian libertarian attitude in this part of the province, and as things get, get worse, um, we're going to push back. I mean, one of the scary things is that they, they're regulating, the, the feds are regulating crowdfunding platforms and cryptocurrency under the Terrorist Financing Act now. And the rumor Whoa. is that... Good people Lord. who donated $25 or more to either the GoFundMe or to, to give it and go are possibly going to be um, having a visit from the police. Oh, Jody, can, can you, you hang around? Yeah. yeah, can you hang on with us and keep talking? I don't know if you got time for it, but we'd love to keep yeah. you on. Yeah, sure. All right, great. More with Jody calling us from Calgary, telling us about the Coots border crossing, which uh, sounds like a pretty interesting protest. I saw a video there. of it with lots of horses with the horseback running riders. around. Yeah, more coming up.
Free Talk Live. Phone's open here. You can join us at number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, nobody, and Bonnie in the studio tonight. And, of course, you can bring up anything you want, although we are focusing uh, so far tonight on the protests in Canada, which... Our coverage has focused on the Ontario stuff. Uh, Ottawa, of course, is the primary focus of most of the people, uh, but they're also now doing these border crossing freezes, if you will, where people are parking uh, on the way into Canada in like in the middle of the road, basically, and stopping any kind of traffic from coming across the border. That's what was happening on the Windsor. Uh, ambassador bridge between windsor and detroit the police came in there over the weekend and used the threat of violence and actual violence to uh, get people to leave and then arrest those people who wouldn't leave Mm -hmm. Uh, but we haven't actually covered coots or any of the other border crossings and jody is on the line thankfully tonight he's calling in from calgary there in alberta which is the province that is not the westernmost province but almost the second westernmost province so you got british columbia on the coast there with vancouver and then east of that is alberta and then uh coots is the major border crossing in the province of alberta and calgary is where we saw in 2020 a video of a church congregation that shouted the police out Really? Yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. But then they later went to his house and arrested him. What did they shout him out over? They were just saying, get out. You're not welcome here. Get out. COVID mandates? Yeah, Yeah. they were trying to shut him down for COVID. Because they had a gathering of like a lot of people. Very cool. Jody, uh, you're back with us, yes? Yeah. Yeah, that that, that person you're talking about is Pastor Arthur uh, Pulowski. He he was shouting Nazi because he's from Poland and he's used to the solidarity movement, so he knows what what he's talking about but he's just been arrested for like the fourth or fifth time um wow well, he's in he's in he's in the remand center up here right now um because he was going to go down he was down at coots and then he came back and then he was going to go down again uh so the police decided to go to his house and just arrest him at his house and and throw him in jail wow. for what wow. um, Do you know what incitement. The, huh incitement incitement yep wow yeah and yep. you call it the remand center is that the equivalent of the, the county jail yeah. Okay. Got is yeah. he being held for want of bail? Um. No. No. Um. He's just. He has to spend so much time in there. They're holding um, him I without. They'll keep him in there until Coots is. Until I think they're gonna <laughs> move everybody from Coots. This sounds well, like it's right out of Cuba. Yeah. I mean, just arrest yeah, the people yeah. you well, think maybe, are. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe you learned some stuff from, from his dad. dad. Yeah. That, yeah. Just, yeah, it's strange because we, our province, we don't have um, the Vax passport anymore. We don't have to use the QR code. Mm. They dropped it. Okay, but what um, haven't so they dropped? I mean, that's that's been getting some headlines that that's, that's going away in some places. In fact, that's one of the stories I had tonight is that now they're even talking about removing it in uh, Ontario. Uh, but so they did drop it or are they planning to drop it on like the 28th of this month? No, it's gone. As, as soon as as soon as the protesters at the Coots border crossing closed all lanes of traffic, the very mm. next day, um, oh. all of a sudden the QR code was dropped. How wow. it, what a coincidence! <laughs> yeah, just a coincidence. Nothing to do with the truckers. Down no, there, of course not. Total coincidence. Now, do just they, the guy's daughter, right? That's another province. We'll get into that. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, but but tell me this. I mean, are there still restrictions as far as mask mandates? Is there anything that's still in play in Alberta? 
Well, they got rid of the mask mandates so students in schools don't have to wear them. Okay. Um, but they're still in force everywhere else. Really? Um, the the carrot they held overhead is, um, and this is why Coots is still happening, because mm-hmm. Jason Kenney, our, our premier, came on and said that um, the mask mandates will go away if our hospitalizations go down. And, of course, all the protesters at the Coots border crossing were saying, no, that's not what we want. We want everything gone right now. And until mm-hmm. everything is gone, the protesters aren't moving. So That's good, because, you know, once you break a thing like that up, it's hard to put it back together. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. So just to clarify, you're saying that no vaccine passport required to go places in Alberta, but still there's a province-wide mask mandate for, is it indoors, outdoors? What's the detail on indoors. that? Indoors. So if you go into the store, you got to wear a mask. And mm-hmm. some stores aren't enforcing it. Uh, more and more people wearing masks less and less often. What if you have a medical um, exemption? Can you just say, I'm, I'm medically exempt and, and walk in with no problem? Yeah, but a lot of stores won't recognize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of medical exemptions aren't given out. They really came down on the on the, on the doctors, the doctors and said, don't give these out or wow. we're going to take away your license to practice. Okay, so at the border, uh, at Coots, you've got, what would you say? You said you've been down there. I mean, how many, are there trucks primarily that are blocking? Are they completely blocked or is there one lane open? Open. What's it look like? There's one lane open. Um, they usually have around 100 people and 100 trucks, give or take a few down there. Mm-hmm. And then wow. on the weekend, uh, that swells up um, to about 15 to 20,000 people in Milk River. And then a couple thousand end up um, getting down the coots. And, but then they have to go home on the, on the weekend. Right, and then you said that the uh, the government goons are actually blocking the main road into Coots from Milk River, which is the town north of there. Uh, so the road yeah. itself is blocked, but people are actually going through, with permission, private property farmlands. They're being allowed, the, the farmers are allowing people to drive on their property to get through the, the roadblocks? Some of them are, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Nice. I love this. Yeah, so, so hopefully. I mean, but we, we still support the, the truckers in Ottawa because sure. in Canada, if uh, we want to get on a plane or a train, we still have to put uh, a QR code forward. So Ugh, It's awful. Mm. Yeah. Do they have that in America? I haven't flown to speak of since 9-11. No QR yeah. codes in the United States at this time, but there are mask mandates on all flights. So. Maybe permanent, I've been seeing. Wow. Well, who knows? We'll we'll see. Um, but you know, maybe this protest is going to come to the U.S. Jody, uh, what else can you share with us uh, about what's going on out there that you know people don't know about, not being reported in the in the mainstream media? Because I haven't heard any of this stuff tonight, so I really appreciate you being all, on. All 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 the smaller border crossings on the weekends, they'll have people blocking them. Mm-hmm. Um, like all the smaller smaller because there's multiple border crossings in each province, but sure. Um, last weekend, the border crossings from Alberta to Montana, all of them had, had blockades at one point. Um, all the border crossings in, in BC, um, BC is starting up one in, in Osoyos, and that, that borders, I think, on, on Idaho. And they're, they're trying to build up um, the amount of people that are there. So things are actually building up instead of going away and, and, and winding down. Nice. How are people so organizing? Hear, How are they getting together? How are they uh, con- con- communicating? I mean, not being not being specific per se, but are there apps in, uh, that are being used more so than others? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Um, uh, they, they tried Facebook, but of course, Facebook shut everything down. Right. But things like um, uh, Telegram is is a big one that people are using. Excellent. Um, 
and then, and then the truckers have their own, like they all have their own CDs and they have their own, mm-hmm. their own radio communications. So right. they're, they're set, they tend to set, set things up themselves. So, and are the block, um, uh, are the blockades only on the northbound uh, side? People coming in are being blocked from the U S or are they blocking both sides? Uh, they're both sides. Okay. In some in some cases, there are uh, truckers and farmers from the United States blocking their roads too. So, oh, so there are actual uh, there's participation on the southern side of the border, is what you're saying? You bet. Nice. Is there a site we can promote for fundraising and and news? Um, there was there uh, a hug a trucker bear hug, um, but it's it's kind of down now. <laughs> That's the problem here. Is the centralized fundraising sites are under attack. Yeah. Uh, what was it called, Jody? If you want to hang, please do. More coming up. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual ForkFest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. ForkFest takes place the week after ForkFest, but ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the Forkfest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the Forkfest Forum. You can find links to those at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there. Forkfest.party. It is Free Talk Live. You can join us here, the number 603-283-6160. We're talking about the Canadian protests, the freedom convoys that have not just taken to the border crossing uh, over at Windsor and Detroit. That's been making a lot of headlines. There also are others... That are not making the headlines, at least not out this way. I'm sure they are in Calgary, uh, where over at the Coots border crossing, that is on the border between Montana and Alberta province. <laughs> Nobody's got something playing on his... Is that your phone? Nobody over there? Yeah, we're trying to Thank turn it off. <laughs> yeah, and my sound is turned off. So. Now it is. All right. I appreciate that. So we're talking about... It, the. It, it was then. The Coots border <laughs> crossing where there are uh, protesters that have been there for a number of days and they have not been stopped at this point. Although apparently there is a headline that uh, 13 people were arrested. We got Jody on the line in Calgary. He called in to give us a heads up to this situation where the government goons have blocked off traffic coming to. So there's there's the blockade by the truckers at the border and then the government government has blockaded the roads getting down to Coots from uh, the town that is to the north there. But people are going through farmland with the permission of some of the farmers uh, to get around the government's border. Or they're not border blocks, but they're the roadblocks. Which and, is super cool. Which is amazing. Uh, and Jody, you've, you were just telling us that it's not just Coots. It's basically every smaller border. So Coots is the big one there in Alberta, but all the smaller ones in uh, the province are also being blockaded, at the very least on the weekends. People will show up and block 
uh, all but one lane of traffic to show their strength, but also not completely stop people from being able to come into Canada. And I just wanted to continue, since you've been so gracious as to sit with us here now, going on our third segment with you. Uh, appreciate all, you know the kind of the inside scoop. You've been down there. You've uh, you participated in this. Uh, did you hear? Did you hear about the arrest of thirteen quote unquote militant protesters in uh, Coots? Yes, yeah, none, none of the none of that's none of the truckers. It's none of the farmers. Um, uh, people are thinking it's just. Um, other other idiots who decided to go down or just um government government stooges mm-hmm. um they're completely they're completely peaceful um uh it's it's the what the RCMP did um the other night is there there's some heavy equipment down there uh like some diggers um mm-hmm. that people and some cranes that people raise flags up on and the RCMP went in and and cut a lot of the um hydraulics to a lot of the machinery Whoa! Um, so they actually went in and sabotaged people's uh, people's equipment, um, hoping that that would be intimidating. And, and you can see videos of it. Um, and the the RCMP are going in. So they have JTF two, which is Joint Task Force two. It's like a mil, military arm of the the RCMP, and and they're walking through these peaceful protesters uh, with their with their their AR fifteen rifles, and and the protesters are saying, "What do you got your guns, dude? Like, what's the point? We're, mm. we're not." doing anything um so there's lots of intimidation tactics and mm. sabotage and uh, i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't believe a thing I, I read in the media about about what what's going on there um That's what I... because they have a vested interest and, and trudeau spent um more than a hundred million dollars that he gave out to media outlets across canada wow. at the start of the school. so they have a vested interest in in, in maintaining his you know what he wants them to say, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's what and I paid for media, isn't that special? That's what I love about the fact that you called in tonight because we've been wanting anybody from maybe Ontario during the protests to call in or anything like that because we can only learn so much from social media. Because I mean, obviously, we don't want to take um, the words of the mainstream, the mainstream yeah. media. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely appreciate your uh, your call tonight. Now, you, we were just getting into the fundraising question because nobody you would ask the question, is there a fundraiser? Is there some place that people can go to contribute? And yeah. I mean, I'm I was hoping for some place where they could go and contribute cryptocurrency because it seems like uh contributing dollars be they American or Canadian is dead. Well, that's the interesting thing is the cryptocurrency fundraiser met its goal of 21 bitcoins raised in a matter wow. of just a few days. Uh and I figured that it would still be online. I thought cuz what happened with the Bitcoin fundraiser was at a website called Tallycoin. Tallyco.in is the website and we shared the URL, the specific URL for the fundraiser earlier, I don't know, last week when it was going. Mm-hmm. They hit 10 Bitcoin first. That was the first goal. And then they moved it to 21 because they made their goals. Like, all right, let's keep going. And so they moved it up to 21 Bitcoin and they hit that goal too. So I figured they would just raise it to 30 or 40 or something like that. But it appears to be gone. So the fundraiser, mm. I guess they've distributed the, the Bitcoin and, and they've moved on. Why they don't just start an, Maybe they have started one up and I don't know they about have, it. Have you heard? Go was hacked off the net for a while there, so yeah. they may be under attack. Yeah, go ahead, Jody. What but have you they heard? Have, they have started a Monero. Um, in Telegram, if you go to um, Freedom, the user group is Freedom Convoy Uncensored and mm, okay. ask people, ask around in there and they'll 
uh, they'll fill you in. But they de- they have I don't know the details, but I know they have started the Monero and they are um, taking Monero right now. Um, wow, they nice. They, they can't they can't use these GoFundMe or Give Send Go because <laughs> right. they're just going to get shut down. And the banks in Canada can now um, freeze any accounts without a without a court order under the. Um, the War Measures Act. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, because we had talked about how TD Bank, even prior to the War Measures Act, uh, TD Bank had frozen the accounts of the people who had received funding from GoFund. There was a little bit that was released from GoFundMe a, a little mm-hmm. while back, and that got frozen by TD Bank. And the Give, Send, Go, I guess, has also allegedly been frozen You know, whenever they tried to withdraw it's to the bank It's definitely been accounts. frozen. There's a court order. Well, but Give, Send, Go said that they were not going to obey the court order because they are not in mm. Canada, number one. That's the number one reason why they're not, they don't care. Like, all right, well, we're going to send this money anyway, and then, well, guess what? The banks froze it. So, right. you know, you cannot use these centralized fundraising. I mean, Give, Send, mm-hmm. Go did the best they could, but once the money's out of their hands, it's into the hands of a Canadian bank, and they're going to do whatever the government mm-hmm. says to do. And you can't so. move it without going through a bank if it's yep. dollars. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so sad, uh, you know that that's the situation. But that is well, as a crypto enthusiast, I gotta say it, it's uh, it's it's such a wonderful illustration of why we have to have crypto and the crypto market has to stay free. Give us that Telegram yeah. group again for people, uh, Jody. They can check out if they want to get the links to the Monero so fundraiser. It's, uh, Re- Freedom Convoy Uncensored. All right. With uncensored being all capital letters. All right, and that's yeah, just like, it. it's just a big chat room. Yeah, as soon as I typed yeah. in convoy, that was like the second uh, result that popped up on How Telegram. How many people are in there, Bonnie? Twenty-two thousand, I think it said. Wow! <laughs> and the third post I saw was um, them discussing Monero. That nice. is fantastic. Now, interesting thing about Monero, of course, as a privacy coin, is. You can't really have a meaningful website with a counter on it, right? Like, because you have no idea. You can by reproducing what your wallet is telling you about your balance. True, but the way the Bitcoin ones work is they set an arbitrary number. In this case, it was 21 Bitcoin last week that they wanted to raise. Mm-hmm. And then they just eyeball the wallet and they say, oh, okay, we hit we hit 21. Yay, you know, the the meter gets filled mm-hmm. up. And with uh, Monero, you, you really don't have a an easy way to, to monitor the transactions because they're well, completely private. Your Monero private. wallet will tell you what's in it. Correct, correct. So I guess if the person who's receiving was to somehow have their view key public, then maybe they would be able to show people what was in there. Or but. they could just look at the number on their phone and type it into the true. site. Crypto, true. specifically Monero, is getting increasingly more important for it to be the main thing that people use to donate to the convoy yeah. because I just found from this uh, Telegram group that he suggested, apparently the emergency measures that Trudeau is uh, enforcing now are also giving banks the power to suspend or freeze accounts of blockade supporters That's what without a court order. It. Oh, yep. Uh, Jody, anything else you want to share tonight? No. Um, since you guys moved out of Florida, your geography knowledge has improved vastly. Keep it up. That's awesome. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jody. And please keep in touch if you can. Uh, presuming they don't throw you in a cage next, but uh, give us a call. You know, whenever you got updates. And feel free to join yeah. our Matrix server. I would love to have a group on there discussing this with people who are really in the know. Yeah, that'd be cool. There are some Canadians on our Matrix server already uh, in the on-air now chat. Thank you, Jody. Definitely appreciate the extended uh, discussion here tonight and keep in touch. Definitely appreciate it. More coming up.
360. It doesn't have to be about the most interesting and important protest movement in recent years, but that's what we've been discussing, which is what's been going on up in Canada at multiple border crossings uh, and also, of course, around Parliament in Ottawa. We've got more to say about all of this, plus the hack against the Give, Send, Go website, where now apparently their donor list has been released uh, if somebody hacked their site, we'll tell you more about that on the way. With you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Bonnie. But we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. And again, you can call in about anything you want. I think that's why we got Jack on the line. He's got something different to discuss. Calling us from Washington State. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Oh, Jack, do we have you? He was there before. Jack going once. Jack going twice. Well, uh, I'm going to bring up what it was. We got jacked. That he mentioned uh, nobody. He mentioned there was some sort of news regarding Clinton and Trump and some sort of controversy or conflict. Oh, yeah. Nobody two, wanted to talk about that. two camps. So what's yeah, going on? I, well, I, I posted a story in uh, in show prep, but the uh, the short uh, the short form is that there was a filing um, made in court by this character, I think his name is Durham or Dunham, um, who is uh, researching Russiagate. Um, and, but Which one's Russiagate? Uh, Russiagate was the, uh, all you heard about when, when, uh, when Trump was in office, uh, where Rachel oh, Maddow. Oh, he was working for them, basically, uh, was the yeah, allegation? Or, okay. or so they were claiming. Yeah. Well, they've now, uh, there's been three indictments mm-hmm. um, now, and they have included a Clinton lawyer who was indicted for lying to the FBI mm. because he brought them um, a bunch of um, appa- of information that was apparently designed to frame Trump, and he lied to them and said he was not uh, he was not doing this in service of any client, mm. but in but truth he, works he for was, Clinton. But in, yeah, in truth, he was doing it uh, apparently in uh in support of the clinton campaign um and they've indicted one of the russians who gathered some of the information also for lying to the fbi um but they put in a filing uh just recently that and i haven't read the the filing but it alleges that uh clinton had paid for had paid various IT companies to uh spy on Trump uh at Trump Towers um at some medical insurance company um and also in the White House after he was in office hmm. so that Wow, the that Deep. is serious felony territory. Um, I mean, it it could even be regarded as treason. Um, 
Now, are you saying that Clinton herself could be considered uh, treasonous for this, or she'll probably snake away from whatever? Well, um, I don't know how many people are willing to fall on their sword for Clinton, Mm -hmm. but I have a very difficult time believing that this was going on without her knowledge Mm -hmm. because i think underlings doing this kind of thing are going to make sure they're going to get some credit for it um and also you know probably want some assurance they're not going to get thrown under the bus Mm -hmm. um although you know i would trust clinton as i would trust adder's fang (laughs) um as hamlet put it um and so this is uh this is very this is very serious stuff and it's i mean i would put it higher on the serious scale than watergate because it wasn't just a single incident it it was apparently ongoing mm-hmm. um and it was um you know not only trying to gather what they call opposition research, but actually trying to frame the guy, hmm. um, which is uh, that's that's pretty amazing, especially from a uh, from somebody who's uh, who's previously been, um, you know, a high official yeah. in in Secretary the government, you know, yeah. somebody who's. Uh, Who's connected, married to well, an ex-president. Which ex is why president. nothing's going to happen to her. Right? Um, I mean, she's connected and Biden's in office. I mean, even if she, even if it was still Trump in office, the odds that she'll be brought up on mm-hmm. charges are slim to none. Don't you think that even her laptop uh, thing where she had um, top secret the emails? emails going into her private computer, don't you think even that was kind of worse than... Watergate in a way. I mean, and she just um, got away with that. Well, the thing is, you can ascribe that to stupidity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this is this is actually um, malicious. Yeah, it's it's malicious, and it's uh, uh, I I I would say that this is much more serious. Uh, serious than than that was um you know it's it's uh it's kind of jaw-dropping that that this is coming out now i don't know if she's gonna be gonna be protected i suspect she will be of course she will you know they're in uh but you never know they had to they had to let nixon fall Hmm. um you know and uh i would be absolutely delighted if they lock her up lock her up (laughs) i mean i'd be happy if trump had the cell next to her too yeah Uh, i'm not i'm no trump lover but um wow it would be A very exciting thing. Yeah, it's hard for me. To, I mean, it's interesting what you're talking about. It's just hard for me to consider that that would even be an option if on the she, table for these guys. If she got arrested, I would just assume that she was in some underground, uh, you know, paradise or something for rich, rich politicians. For rich politicians, mm-hmm. where they when they go in hiding or you know something like yeah. that, or maybe underground doing MK Ultra t- uh, torturing of children or mm. something. You know, something she would love. Mm. Well, and the other thing is, you know, it 
we don't know how she's held on to what level of power she has held on to, but certainly she's held on to probably blackmail and of, threats. Oh, I thought you were going to say black magic. I think I think blackmail and threats probably played a big part of it. Yeah. But now we have uh, uh, Julaine Maxwell, right, who's who going to be facing sentencing soon. Facing sentencing, and she's talking about naming names. Hmm. Um. Which they didn't really do in the trial. They didn't allow them to do it. Yeah. 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 It was was hushed up Uh um, during the trial. A lot of things were hushed up during the trial. But, uh, you know, you never know. She might well be able to get some information out before she gets gets, uh, Epstein. Mm -hmm. And if that was a major source of power for Clinton... Which is definitely possible because Clinton, Clinton and, was on uh, the Lolita Express exactly. Times. So maybe he was, uh, maybe he was a victim of blackmail, but maybe mm-hmm. he was partaking of yeah. the blackmail also. Could be so because uh, I've always thought the 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 Epstein thing. Epstein is the weirdest pedophile in the world because it seems like he was trying to make these girls look older. And it seems like, uh, well, it doesn't seem like, but he did set up in the Virgin Islands where apparently they take the virgin part very seriously because their age of consent is 19. Now, what kind of a pedophile? Yeah. So so even when uh, Virginia, whoever, Mm -hmm. was 17, which would have been legal in New Hampshire, Mm. I'm seeing 18 here, according to uh, Wikipedia. Is it 18? Yeah, it's 18. It's still pretty bloody high. Yeah, it is high. Um, and, you know, he could have been in in uh, uh, South Carolina, where it's 13. That's not true either. <laughs> it was... That, that might be if you were getting married with your parents' consent or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I know that. when I was well, down uh, there, you could get married at 13 um, because they were trying to raise it to 18. Wait, South or North? During the, uh, I'm not sure. Oh. Oh, I was in South. Oh. Yeah. They were trying to raise it to 18, and I had some arguments with the Republican County Committee during the Ron Paul campaign. South Carolina, oh. according to uh, the Wikipedia, is 16. That is the agency. Okay. They, yeah. have raised, they have raised it. Then. More coming up. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And nobody. Hey. Sorry. Good to have have you both here. Uh, I don't think he got to say his name. He did. Okay. He's nobody. Talking over him. Sorry. That's okay. So we're talking about uh, mostly tonight the situation in Canada with the ongoing protests, the Freedom Convoy uh, that has expanded now, not from just uh, the city center across from Parliament in Ottawa, the capital, but also to what sounds like uh, the bulk if not all of the border crossings in many places in Canada. Very, very interesting call last hour. If you missed it, uh, I recommend grabbing the archive tonight over at freetalklive.com. It'll be up uh, shortly after the show. Definitely makes me want the New Hampshire people who are trying to set something up to go to the border instead of just doing a silly, 
drive around Concord. Honk some horns. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let us know if anything develops in that, uh, Bonnie, because I know you're in that the New Hampshire protest group. Uh, but we've been covering this in as much detail as we possibly can. And before we had our call from Jody, who is up in Calgary, giving us the scoop on what's happening in Alberta province over at the Coots border crossing and elsewhere, which is still being occupied by protesters uh, day in and day out, which is amazing. Uh, but th- we also talked about this emergency act or this emergencies act, which he said was a war act, some sort of like a war powers act that they'd renamed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you had said it was the first time in history they ever used it, but I thought that that sounded wrong because it's the first time that... Probably the first time since it's been renamed. Mm. That, and also it's the first time that Justin Trudeau ever used it, but I saw that specifically said, so that implies that someone else used it. Well, in this case, uh, they are now saying they can designate border crossings and airports as quote-unquote critical areas. They'll be able to mobilize in theory the military they'll be able to give more quote-unquote tools which means more violent policemen implements to the police yeah <laughs> uh they'll be able to I was do just more them tools they'll be able to do more violence against the peaceful people who they are calling a threat they mm. are calling them uh dangerous quote-unquote and so that's where this is going. So, so at the same time as some of the provinces are actually rolling back restrictions, we had Jody uh, explain to us that in Alberta they've gotten rid of the vaccine passport. In uh, Ontario province, they're talking about getting rid of the vaccine passport. I believe Saskatchewan is getting rid of it by the end of this month. Uh, if not, they've already done it there. So there's been multiple provinces where they are indeed rolling back the restrictions, but at the same time they're also cranking up the crackdown. There, we're mm-hmm. seeing people getting arrested now. There were at least a dozen people arrested at the Ambassador Bridge over the weekend uh, as they cleared out the number one border crossing between the U.S. and Canada. But as uh, Jody pointed out, they have not yet cleared out Coots, even though they're trying to block people from getting to the town by blocking doing roadblocks uh, on the way in there. So it's a very uh, crazy situation that's continuing to develop. They mention in this other story the financial crackdowns. Uh, According to the story here, the federal government is going, this is from the CBC, this is the government's own uh, media arms. This is straight up propaganda from the mainstream government media there. They say they're going after financial support for so-called illegal activity associated with the convoy protests. The organizers have raised millions of dollars, first through GoFundMe, which we covered here, how that got frozen at the end of their $10 million fundraiser, and ultimately GoFundMe ended up refunding all of the donations after donors were did using... Did they the, do that, or did they just say they would? Good question. Mm, I yeah, don't know. Question. They I, did say that they would, so I haven't seen any updates. I didn't donate to GoFundMe, so I have no idea what you know actually happened there. Mm. If you know the answer to nobody's question, you can dial in here at 603-283-6160. Yeah. So then, well, good go thing fraud you, me is definitely dead to me. Yeah, for sure. It's probably a good thing you didn't uh, give to GoFundMe because apparently that that list got. Oh wait, no, it You're was thinking the of give, give fund, send go, go which yeah. is the thing that the protesters turned to after GoFundMe did their, what they did. So then protesters set, set up a uh, donation page at Give Send Go, which defines itself as the number one Christian fundraising crowd fundraising site yeah but the the list of donors got leaked and apparently the government is saying that they can say that these people were funding terrorist organizations so if you got hit with a funding foreign terrorist organization charge that would be pretty annoying mm. 
I yeah. hate it when that happens. Just use Monero. Well, and as we said, the uh, the Give, Send, Go people are saying that they are going to defy the court order that ordered that all funds from Give, Send, Go be frozen. The Give, Send, Go CEO spoke out, according to CNN, uh, their Twitter account. They spoke out saying, quote, Canada has absolutely zero jurisdiction over how we manage our funds here at Give, Send, Go. All funds for every campaign on Give, Send, Go flow directly to the recipients of those campaigns. They were going to keep it going, but unfortunately, they got stopped once the funds hit the Canadian bank account. So it was completely pointless uh, to go over on Give, Send, Go. Which, by the way, they raised more than $10 million. So first they raised $10 million in Canadian dollars on GoFundMe. That got frozen. And then they raised more than $10 million uh, in Canadian dollars on Give, Send, Go. And even though Give, Send, Go didn't quote-unquote freeze it, they tried to send it, then it got frozen in the in the banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so according to the story here, then Give, Send, Go got hacked. And now, as you mentioned, Bonnie, their fundraising data has been released. According to TheVerge.com, the crowdfunding site, uh, Sunday night, their domain began redirecting to a new site called GiveSendGone.WTF. Wow. And and uh, show a video loop from Disney's Frozen, Let the it movie. Go. Mm-hmm. Well, what was it that? I don't know. Video? I didn't watch it. Mm. At first, noted by uh, the Daily Dot journalist Michael Thalen, the video was accompanied by text criticizing the fundraising site and linking it to the January 6th so-called insurrection in the United States. From- oh, the unauthorized capital tour. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, who compared it to that? Uh, some author, Michael Fallon. He's saying that the the convoy was like January 6th or the people giving... Oh, no, giving- I'm sorry. It was the video. The video compared it to January 6th. That oh. was on this website. Give, Send, Go uh, has the, been the go-to platform for fundraising for Trump supporters and the Capitol insurrection. It quickly became the number one fundraising choice for the Freedom Convoy after GoFundMe, which we explained. Donors flocked to the new platform and security researchers alerted TechCrunch to the fact that the Amazon 3 or Amazon S3 bucket, which is a cloud storage service used to host files online, was set up insecurely by Give, Send, Go and exposed gigabytes of data about donors to the Freedom Convoy, including photos and passport scans. Wait, wait what is the Isn't that bucket special? thing? A bucket, yeah. What is that? Uh, That's what they call the uh, units of storage on Amazon's S3 servers. Hmm. Um, It's just slang. Yeah. It's Hmm. slang for, oh, yeah, but put the files in that bucket over there, basically. We actually use those to uh, store the profile pictures for uh, cell 411. Hmm. Which are not the same thing as a passport scan, mind you. No, no. These are just, (laughs) you know, social media profile picture. So right. Give, Send, Go had those of people because people had to do like a key, uh, know your Presumably, customer. Presumably, like I said, I've not given through Give, Send, Go either. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you've got passport scans, that means they're asking their customers to give them IDs and now those are in the hands of the hackers. Wow. So everybody who gave their ID to Give, Send, Go, there's a good chance that it's available on the dark net now. And that's hmm. another another thing that is going you to be... You think the FBI sells stuff on the dark net? Maybe. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. What were you saying, Bonnie? 
I was going to say that's just another reason to adopt cryptocurrency and mm-hmm. things like yep. Intercoin maybe in the future can save things like this because if somebody wants to give to another country, they want to give to Haiti if Haiti had another earthquake or something, instead of being like, oh, I hope the Red Cross actually uses this money for what I'm donating for, you can go and look at where it went and know exactly what happened to your donation. And- so they yep. thought they'd fixed the storage issue once they were alerted. So it was a security researcher that found the the vulnerability and it was in they were informed by TechCrunch. Gibson Go was notified by TechCrunch. But the latest hack appears to be a new compromise of the site. Leaked donor information was obtained by a data leak hosting website, Distributed Denial of Secrets, which has been giving access solely to journalists and researchers due to the presence of sensitive personal information. We'll continue. There's more coming up here and you can share your thoughts with us. 603-283-6160 on the hack. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us right here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, nobody, and Bonnie in the studio here tonight talking about the hack against Give, Send, Go resulting in thousands, tens of thousands of names, email addresses, zip codes, uh, as well as databases, uh, database entries, including passport scans, photos have been released from Gibson Go, the website that had raised over 10 million Canadian dollars for the Freedom Convoy. We'll continue to tell you more about that. Plus, Bonnie's got a story uh, from Russia coming up here about cryptocurrency. But uh, your number to call in is 603-283-6160. And we've been telling you, speaking of cryptos, about how Intercoin can help any business and organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. And now Intercoin has launched its investor token worldwide, and now you can get it on a centralized exchange called XMarkets. It's exmarkets.com, and all you need is an email address to sign up. They don't care who you are, which is unusual for a centralized exchange. So head on over there. You can deposit dozens of uh, cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, trade them for Tether, and then use that Tether to buy ITR, which is the Intercoin investor token. If you're not familiar with Intercoin, check out uh, more about their vision over at intercoin.org. And you can buy or sell ITR on xmarkets.com. It's exmarkets.com. You just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world as we continue. I don't think that nobody has been on um, when we've talked about that. I I just don't think I've ever asked him if he's ever heard of xmarkets. Only through the ads here. Oh, yeah. I think it's kind of newer, and you can have 100 Bitcoins, like, is the limit. I wouldn't suggest putting 100 Bitcoins on an exchange, but you can have 100 Bitcoins on there, and it's no KYC. Wow. Pretty amazing. Uh, All right, so we continue here, and again, phones are open at 603-283-6160. Apparently, security researchers noticed some vulnerabilities on the Give, Send, Go website, and they alerted TechCrunch to that fact uh, that was then sent to the Give, Send, Go management team, but then somebody else hacked a different area of the site. They leaked out a lot of donor information to 93,000 entries. Again, names, email addresses, zip codes, country of origin. Among the email addresses in the database, a handful come from domains ending in .gov and appear to belong to employees of the TSA, the Department of Justice, Bureau of Prisons, and NASA. The uh, Apparently what they did was they gave journalists special access to this data 
It was obtained by a website called Distributed Denial of Secrets. So that doesn't mean this information isn't on other websites or isn't available on the darknet uh, at all. It just means that this one website is being at least somewhat careful about who they hand it out to. Yeah, I'm wondering if are they taking responsibility for the hack? No, I don't think so. It's they are called what's a data leak hosting website. So I guess somebody sent it to them is what they're mm. trying to say. So kind of like a WikiLeaks for data. Yeah, that's what mm. it sounds like. But if somebody sent it to them, doesn't that mean it's it has to be out in other places anyway? Presumably, it could be. Yeah, it, it kind say. of has well, to be. Well, somebody could have only sent it to them. Could be. Mm. Um, could be. Uh, so and it may just be that they're trying to get a high bidder for it. You well, know, that person be, at least has to have it. Sure, that so. person has it, and whoever is in the media that has gotten this, because again, the Verge they obtained it. Wow. So whoever wrote this story has been able to look through it. I and wouldn't feel much safer knowing just like that. Journalists all the media got my yeah left leaning journalists. By the way, there's a lot of lefties working at the Verge, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they did good reporting on the Crypto Six. I hear their office smells like sweat. Issue. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that too. So that's the story. Give, Send, Go, by the way, is down right now. So if you were to try to go to GiveSendGo.com, you would find it, the Freedom Convoy page is a 404 error. But if you go to the website, uh, just the normal URL, you get a thanks for visiting notice saying they're offline for maintenance and server upgrades. So as of right now, cryptocurrency is the only option for contributing to the Freedom Convoy. It's been the best option. Now it is the only option. And check your local gas station. There's probably a Bitcoin ATM. That's some. Well, if you have to, if you got your local gas station, you might find a few truckers. You can just hand them cash. But otherwise, uh, cryptocurrency is is going to be the way to do this. And uh, Chris Wade, I don't a, think all of the all of the uh, truckers in the world are in on the joke. That's yeah. true. <laughs> some point. of them don't own their own some trucks. Of them, probably would just put the money in their pocket (laughs) (laughs) that's true uh but if you are uh if you're wanting to help out i did put the link on our social media site over at social.freetalklive.com thanks to chris wade who's our friday night co-host he called in during one of the breaks and he gave me a link to a website called clouthub.com it's truckers.clouthub.com slash donate and there's a lengthy page there if you go maybe about halfway down the page there is a monero address there's a bitcoin address there's a litecoin and an ethereum address and so you can contribute your favorite of those cryptocurrencies and purportedly the funds will get into the cryptocurrency wallets of these truck drivers many of whom i bet are signing up for the very first time to get their Mm -hmm. own cryptocurrency wallets here and the other thing that's going to be important is to have friendly vendors Mm. signing up uh, for crypto wallets so that the truckers don't have to convert to right. cash in order to uh, in order to spend this. If you're a truck stop, if you're a, a restaurant, if you're a food vendor who's selling food to the truckers, get yourself signed up for crypto um, so that so that they can pay you directly. And uh, yeah. Nobody has to know that you got that revenue. There's no reason to tell the yeah. tax authorities about it. Exactly. Or the people who are going to come after you for aiding terrorists. That's pretty scary. And Bonnie, where, what did you hear about that exactly? Um, 
I thought I can't remember where I heard it now. I was looking at all this different stuff, and you were talking mm. about it too. So I don't remember if it was you that said it or. But they said that. Uh, well, Ian isn't the source. He'd know. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying the Canadian government is su- suggesting that any kind of funding of the truckers could be considered a terrorist financing. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Uh, well, here's something actually in the story about the War Powers uh, Act, aka the Emergency Emergencies Act. Uh, it says here, Finance Minister Christia Freeland said that under the Emergencies Act, crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use must register with the Financial Transactions and Reports Analysis Center of Canada, aka FinTrack. I'm guessing they're the same as like the FinCEN. FinCEN. The, uh, in the U.S., the National Financial Intelligence Agency. They must also report large and suspicious transactions to FinTrack. Quote, the illegal blockades have highlighted the fact that the crowdfunding platforms and some of the payment service providers they use are not fully captured under the Proceeds of Crime and Terrorist Financing Act, she said. Quote, we are making these changes because we know these platforms are being used to support illegal blockades and illegal activity, which is damaging the Canadian economy. They love including that, even though it's already been damaged by the government's And it's much more damaged by the government's meddling. No doubt. Uh, Canadian financial institutions can now temporarily cease providing financial services if they simply suspect an account is being used to further the illegal blockades and occupations. She says this order covers both personal and corporate accounts. So total control when it comes to the banking system. If you want financial freedom, you've got to look to cryptocurrency. And apparently Russia might be loosening up their... uh, Restrictions on that coming up. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open. If you want to join the show, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We have been focusing on what's been going on in Canada with the Freedom Convoy. Is there one in the United States? Did one start this weekend? Because there's there was talk on social media about it. But our guest on Saturday night, Reed Coverdale, is a professional driver, said he hasn't heard anything uh, from other drivers. So if you know something about that, we'd love to hear about it. 603-283-6160. We're also discussing the so-called Emergencies Act uh, that has been invoked now, apparently for the very first time. Some are saying that's not true, that it used to be called the War Powers Act or something to that effect. And uh, anyway, it looks pretty, pretty bleak. We don't know if they're going to be rolling out the military. We were told before that the military had refused to be deployed by the city of Ottawa. But I don't know if that was anything official or if that was just a rumor when, uh, you know, when we'd heard that. So I don't know if there's any way to actually verify. No, the we read a quote by one of the RCMP, like, top people who mm-hmm. was saying we aren't going to enforce or, or help the cops do their job or the military or whatever. Well, RCMP is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, which is different from the military. Well, I don't remember who it was then, yeah. but the military. Okay. Well, Trudeau says that this uh, that, that there are no plans to deploy the military, according to the story of the CBC. But of course, as we know, plans can change. So for now... It doesn't look like quote-unquote martial law just yet, but they are going to use this 
these so-called powers, I'm sure, to you know bring more cops into the city, possibly do more arrests. So we'll see how this pans out. It looks pretty ugly. Uh, with you tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Bonnie. Let's talk to Sarah. She's in New Mexico, and then we'll uh, talk about Russia and cryptocurrency. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, um, it turns out, you know that guy that ran over that seven-year-old boy during the Christmas time? I don't know him. Well, well I mean, I don't know him, but the one that he used the off-wheel vehicle, well... I remember you called in about in- this. Uh, yeah, so he was in an ATV and somehow some kid got ran over by him and got killed? Was the kid killed? Yeah, he was killed, and his father was injured. Mm. And uh, so he ran a red light after seven seconds of being red, and he was drunk, and he was on drugs. And the thing is that he had um, you, he had uh, many, many traffic citations over the years. Um, and, and did that stop used- him from running over the seven-year-old? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and then... What does that mean? But I mean, this. What that means, what Bonnie is pointing out is that you love to call in about how much you want people to get speeding tickets and red light tickets and you want the government to enforce, enforce, enforce. And you just pointed out that this guy had been enforced upon and it didn't stop him from killing a seven year old. Well, the reason was that he used fake aliases in the past. That's what they're finding out. And they're still digging up what other um, things he's done. Uh, for violations so you're pointing out that the system that you believe in so firmly that you are such a fan of could not stop this man from using aliases and running over a seven-year-old despite all the tickets and all the violations and all the enforcement well but the state of new mexico even with the citations you know what they did with the red light camera they tore it all up here in new mexico they said it's not a real so if he had just gotten one red light ticket that would have stopped him from killing this kid well, if he, if he, if everybody tore it all up and they told all their friends to tore it up and they got rid of the red light cameras completely in this state, we got none of it now. This is the end result of it. Yeah, there, but you didn't answer no... my question. But what is the question? The, the, what, what I'm saying is the the tickets that they do. Do you want to ask me what the question is? Or you just want to keep talking. Okay. What 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 are you asking me? I'm asking you. Are you suggesting that had this man? who killed the seven-year-old boy on an ATV, had he gotten a red light ticket, or ten of them, how would that have stopped him from killing this little boy? Well, it, that, that's the whole point. Is that It was a worthless red light camera ticket in New Mexico in Albuquerque because they tore it all up. It did not <laughs> no, go... You're yeah, not understanding. <laughs> you're not understanding if the question. If they had not tore it up... How would it have prevented him from doing what he did? Because it sounds like he wasn't driving legally anyway. Didn't stop him. It didn't sound like he cared. Well, you look at me. Okay, okay, in Atlanta, Georgia, okay, they'll put you in jail for speeding tickets. They will. If you have an unpaid red light camera ticket And in eventually Illinois, you get out of jail. Are you saying this man should have been... Are you saying that he should have been put in jail for life for getting a red light ticket? Or a speeding so even ticket. If it's a, okay, uh, other states, Oklahoma or South Carolina, you get put in jail for um, not showing up to court for a speeding ticket. You yeah. don't tear those if up. If you don't show up to court, you're going to go to jail in every state. Right, other that's than true. New Mexico. I don't yeah, believe that, that Sarah. If you get so told to go to court and you don't go to court, they issue a warrant for your arrest and you will spend time behind bars. Even if it's only until the next court date, you will spend time behind bars. If you don't go to court in the United States, 
every time. Well, well, this guy, for some reason, he got a bunch of these speeding tickets, never went to court, and using fake ID and carrying on like this, tearing up all the red light camera until he finally killed somebody. Now yeah. they're going to dig up this And record. you want more government, more rules, more arrests, more tickets, and you think somehow that's going to make this guy into what obedient person or put him away for life for doing traffic violations? I'm not really sure he, what you're saying got, here. It, he looks like he's going to get 12 years. That means that he's going to be doing six years on good time. For and guess what he's going to do when he gets out with the 12 years? Get drunk and drive. He's going to get right behind the wheel again. Well, hopefully he'll he'll be maybe changed his tune. He'll be older by then, like 38 or something. But oh, because no one older ever years. drinks and drives, right, Sarah? Well, they do, but so, I mean, hopefully that he'll do better. It but sounds like... It sounds Go like ahead. to me New Mexico has some kind of a culture issue that is never going to be solved by harder policing. Because mm-hmm. you even called in one time, Sarah, and said people in New Mexico don't care if they live or die. They're, you sound, sound like you're saying they're suicidal and depressed. And it's just kind of a vibe that I've noticed. I've been to New Mexico many times. I, it seems like mm-hmm. New Mexico has some kind of a cultural issue that needs to be looked at instead of... I mean, that's why they have such high you know, crime and poverty and bad education and all this stuff. They're probably suicidal because they get too many traffic tickets. Well, one of the reasons why is because New Mexico is one of the biggest governments of uh, and the most oppressive states in the United States, one of the least free states uh, of the 50 states. And so that's one reason why things are crap there. That does make me depressed. Thanks for the call tonight, Sarah. If you want to join us, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603 603- Two eight three six one six zero. You can bring up whatever you want, Bonnie. You wanted to discuss Russia. Some news out of there regarding cryptocurrency, and we were talking about how crypto is the only way right now that people who want to support the freedom convoy in Canada can do so. All the centralized platforms have either been frozen out, or shut down, or hacked, uh, and you cannot hack Bitcoin. You cannot hack Monero. Uh, These are systems that are decentralized and that anyone who wants to does not have to ask permission to acquire a cryptocurrency wallet. You just go and download. We like Edge Wallet here. It's a good one. Uh, You download Edge Wallet. You can have both Monero and Bitcoin and like, I don't know, two dozen other cryptocurrencies all stored in the same uh, with the same set set of keys. And using Monero, especially on um a platform where you're not on an exchange is probably the way to go in this situation because that same lady, Christiana Freeland or whatever that you were reading a quote from, from Canada, Mm -hmm. she said that they're finance minister or whatever. Yeah. She said they were going to go after even people who donated cryptocurrency, but they can't do that if they don't know who the wallet belongs to. And they can't do that if you're in America very easily. Well, they may end up asking for favors from the uh, the U.S. government. I mean, we know that the U.S. government's asking to have the U.K. government extract or uh, extract Julian Assange and That's send him over true. here for prosecution. So there's no reason why Canada wouldn't do the same thing. Remember, they did that with Mark Emery, the Prince of Pot. The U.S. government went to the Canadian government and said, "Hey, send that guy down here. We want to put him in prison for five years for selling seeds." Yeah. And they did. The RCMP so- went right there and arrested him, and they took him across the border, and he went to prison. Uh, more coming up. Free Talk Live. 
live phones are open if you want to join us in the remaining moments here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, nobody, and Bonnie in the studio tonight. And, of course, you can join us online anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the features over there. We've got a lot of cool stuff. Uh, archives are available they go back for many, many years, all for free at freetalklive.com. Oh, and ForkFest is coming up. We told you earlier that the Porcupine Freedom Festival is nearing sellout status. It's over 80% of the way to being sold out. That means it's 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 going to be done. I mean, if, if there are any Porcupine Freedom Festival tickets left by the time Liberty Forum starts, I'll be shocked. And that's March, right? That's the first weekend uh, in March, yes. So uh, get your tickets for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And whether or not you can attend the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you can definitely attend ForkFest because there are no tickets to ForkFest. We are going to be, by the way, having the sixth annual ForkFest, believe it or not. Yeehaw! This will be the sixth one at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. It's the exact same location as the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It just happens the week afterwards. So starting on June 27th through July 3rd, all you got to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or your motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd, and then celebrate Independence Day with your freedom-loving friends here in New Hampshire um, I'm hoping to be there this year. Can't make a promise yet because I still got the federal tether on my leg, but we'll see if I can get that thing loosened up or removed by that point. But uh, certainly Free Talk Live will be in attendance. I know Aria was there heading things up last year, and she did a great job, and I imagine she still intends to do the same thing here this year. So whether or not I'm there, we will be there. I should be there as well. Right on. Forkfest.party. You were in a jail cell uh, this last year, so... I was. You couldn't go. I wasn't allowed. I was out of the jail cell by that time, but I couldn't leave my house, basically, without permission, and they would not... They wouldn't even give me permission to go up for the day, so I couldn't even, like, get up at, you know, 6 a.m. and drive there and then come back. They wouldn't let me do that, so hopefully it'll be better this year. You can go to Forkfest.party to learn more about the event. That's Forkfest.party. And it's decentralized, by the way. This is why there's no tickets. And if you're going to make an attempt to litigate that, now's the time. To litigate what? To litigate whether or not you can go to uh, Porkfest. If I were you, I would ask early. Mm, And if they say no, I would have Sisti go to the judge. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to work on that. In fact, I'll be meeting with my attorney tomorrow, and I'll bring it up to him, see what he says. Uh, So check it out, Forkfest.party. The most important thing you need to know is it is a decentralized event. And so there's no, you know, mega organization with mega money back in this thing. There's no special guest speakers or anything like that. Whatever happens, happens. And if you want something to happen, you probably need to be the person to make it happen. So, you know, if you want to see food being provided, provide some food and you'll probably... I want to see karaoke being provided. Then provide some karaoke. We have that stuff. And you can do all of those things. Uh, Rogers Campground is a pretty much make-your-own-way sort of place and it's a lot of fun if you want to... You know, if you if you can understand that the event's going to be smaller, right? It'll be a fraction mm-hmm. of the size of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's kind of like the, the chilled-out after-party, basically, for a week uh, at the campground. Laid back like a dead fly. Yeah, check it out at ForkFest.Party. <laughs> we'll look forward to seeing you there as we go to, I think it was Will calling us from Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Will. Yes, sir. What do they call about the uh, Valentine's Romance? Valentine's Romance. All right. Tell me about it. Well, before I do that, I called you guys about uh, 
uh, COVID, and I took off survived and all that good stuff, and I signed all out of breath. Mm-hmm. And I call you guys when I walk my dog. When okay. I walk my dog, I'm walking aggressively. Yep. Which is what I'm doing right now, which I sound out of breath, I feel like now. But anyway, the main point about Valentine romance is I never do it. I never buy my wife anything except this year. But my point being there is that, you know, every other day or whatever should be romance day. There you go. And not just Valentine's Day. I agree with Valentine's you there. Day. Yeah, if you're not showing your partner that you care about them on a daily basis uh, with affection uh, in some way, shape, or form, then you're dropping the ball. Then Valentine's Day is just a show. Yes, and I agree. Now, I'm guilty of not doing a good job of treating my woman like I should or my wife or my, you know, to, for those who, you know, significant others. That's my main point. Now, that's something to do with Valentine's Day. Just, you know, it's easy. We've been married for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years or whatever. It's easy to get in this dull routine and kind of forget special times or forget to make things special. And that's it. Thank you for that advice, Will. I appreciate the kind words and I appreciate the call and thoughts here tonight. And enjoy that well, walk with, care, her, with the dog. I uh, appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, Bonnie and I, we went out to a Valentine's Day dinner tonight. It was very, very nice. It was so nice. So, Bonnie, you wanted to talk about Russia. I had dinner with my hand. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't even use a fork? <laughs> didn't even use a fork. I did it Indian style. Oh, nice. All right. You could, by the way, spend crypto at the Indian restaurant here in Keene, although you and I can't, nobody, because yeah. of stupid bail conditions. But uh, anyway, uh, what's the news about crypto in Russia, Bonnie? This is from Time, the Times of India, and it says, Russian government to legalize its crypto economy. The Russian nice. government has approved to legalize cryptocurrencies and said that the regulation will bring the crypto industry out of the gray zone and create the possibility for legal business activities. So hmm. Chris Wade, when I told him about the story, he was like, isn't it basically already legal there? They didn't make it illegal. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's in the gray zone because their central bank isn't or their banking system isn't like cooperating with cryptocurrencies. Probably right. kind mm-hmm. of a lot like um, some banks do in the United States. Yeah, they won't acknowledge it. So they they're going to touch it. They're going to create a system where it'll be in the, you know, not in the gray zone anymore. So it'll be totally legal. Um, that does come with regulation, though, so we can get into that. That's the downside of this. But it, this kind of reminds me of what we were talking about with New Hampshire, where there's some proposed legislation here that would lay the groundwork for companies, corporations being able to come in and set up shop here and feel comfortable doing it, even though it does create rules yeah and as libertarians we're not in favor of having rules but unfortunately the state's not going to go away tomorrow in the meantime can you make the economy more welcoming for these corporations that whether you like it or not they like being told that there are rules that they can follow because it makes them Mm -hmm. feel comfortable like oh we can do this here that kind of thing yeah i mean their legal department has to know what they can do yep so that sounds to me like what they're doing in Russia, where they're laying down a set of uh, controls. That way, businesses can legally operate in this space. It says the new regulations would allow authorities to monitor and oversee cryptocurrency transactions, ensuring cons- consumer protection. That sounds really bad. Well, they can say that, but they they still can't stop Monero, right? So that like there's mm-hmm. still going to be the privacy coins. 
Uh, whether or not these legal businesses will be allowed to use those privacy coins is another question. But the people of Russia mm-hmm. could still do it without asking anyone's permission. Yeah, once you're in crypto, you can move back and forth from crypto to crypto right. without anybody necessarily knowing that you're doing that. Exactly. It says the announcement outlined the regulations that would follow up in the process of legalizing crypto economy. Um, the government seeks the integration of the cryptocurrency circulation with Russia's financial system. The cabinet aims to bring control over crypto related flows in the banking system. The government wants the cryptocurrency companies to run under a licensing regime. It's mm. bad. To ensure the protection of the rights of Russian citizens, investors will be divided into qualified and non-qualified classes. Oh boy. Crypto service providers will be ob- are obliged to meet certain capital and liquidity requirements. The service providers will also have the responsibility to inform Russians about related risks with crypto investment. Mm. As much as I dislike banks, and I really don't like banks, mm. um, I still think that they should be able to use crypto. I think that there should be banks who are able to innovate in some way in this in the mm-hmm. space to take the lead and say we're going to do this and we're going to offer some kind of crypto custodial services for our customers, even though that's against sort of the ethos of crypto, which is not your keys, not your coins. You should be uh, holding your own keys for your own cryptocurrency and don't put them in the hands of a bank or a Coinbase or a, you know, you fill in the blank. By the way, Coinbase had an advertisement on Super on the Super Bowl. I don't know if you heard about this. They <laughs> they It was an interesting ad. They had a QR code bouncing around the screen like a screensaver for 60 seconds. And the idea was you're supposed to scan the QR code and see where it takes you. Well, it took you supposedly to Coinbase's website, but it crashed. <laughs> <laughs> Centralized Couldn't fail. Couldn't happen to a nicer exchange. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they paid like $7 million for that advertisement only to have their website crash when people started going to the URL. Uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow night. You can join us online I in the meantime. hiring in IT. <laughs> Freetalklive.com. They should be. See you tomorrow. <laughs>